The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and I hope to never do again, which is give you the choice of which homily I'm going to give. <laughs> Today is the seventh Sunday in Ordinal Time, and it is also the BLA follow-up to Commitment Sunday. The priests of Arlington have been instructed by the professional fundraisers to lead the in-pew giving process again. And no doubt, they know what works to get results. And I completely support the total goal of parishioner participation, that even if you give one dollar, we want every parishioner to be invested and involved in supporting our diocesan efforts. To that end, we get a flash report every single week to let us know how many parishioners have given, which is why it's so important you pick St. Charles when you give. So there are 208 households that have already given as of this last Thursday. Then I was thinking, the 1030 crowd is pretty good. Maybe all 208 of them are going to be here. Then what would be the point of leading the in-pew process again? Maybe they gave on Friday. or Maybe they are committed to give this Sunday already. So just to get a little poll to know what I'm working with here, this is your choice. How many, by show of hands, if you want to close your eyes, so you're not judging your neighbor, how many have already given to the BLA? All right, that's a good number. Thank you. Now, how many of you plan to give to the BLA? Okay, that's almost quorum. So I'll make a deal. I'll give the seventh Sunday in ordinal time homily, and that those of you who raise your hand saying that you pledge to give, you'll do that as soon as possible. Okay, deal. <laughs> now I hope you don't regret the deal, because we have some very challenging readings some of the most challenging in all of sacred scripture. Be holy. You are a temple of God. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
It's a very important conditional clause there right? because many of us might have a, a difficult time with being perfect, perfectionism, as God is perfect. There's one thread that, that helped me connect all these very challenging readings. St. Augustine said that the law was given so that grace may be sought. The law was given so that grace may be sought. That when we strive to live a Christian life, when we strive to really follow God's law and his plan for us, we recognize we can't. It's hard. We fail. And this is kind of by design because we can't do anything on our own. So God recognizes that he's here to help us. He wants us to seek his grace. This is certainly true in all of the Old Testament. That's the context for the first reading from Leviticus. That Moses, for the second time, is giving the law of God. The first time, it was a big failure, and they reverted back to paganism rather quickly, worshiping the idol at the foot of Sinai. And so it's going now to a very specific group of people, the Levites. So these are now the priestly people who are in charge of getting everybody else back on track. That's one way to read all of the Old Testament, that this is our patient father trying to get all of his children back into a right relationship with him. That he uses kind of the oldest sibling, Israel, in order to do this, saying that they're going to be the role model, they're going to be the instruments to bring the rest of the siblings, Egypt, Persia, all the other wayward children back into a good relationship with God. So even within Israel, God is using the Levites, the priestly people, in order to do this, those that were faithful at Sinai. And in that time, in that context, people have gone so far away that the law of the land was like vengeance and retribution. That the law was if somebody hit you, you could chop off their head. So by God intervening, saying, if somebody hits you, hit them back with the same amount of force, no more, no less. Right? Justice, not vengeance. So here we have God trying to move us from this spirit of vengeance, of paybacks, to justice, self-control, and restraints, an eye for an eye. And then we have Jesus upping the ante and moving us even further. You have heard that it was said, right, seek justice. But I'm going to move you further so that you seek mercy and you give mercy. So God is slowly and gradually bringing us collectively and personally back into this right relationship with him so that we could be more like him. That this is hard. This is why we need grace. That we too can revert to old ways. Have this fallen desire for payback, for vengeance. So St. Augustine's insight is the only way we can do this is relying on God's help. So the story of all the Old Testament, the patient father leading us back to himself one wobbly step at a time. But it's our story too. That he gives us the law, which is good. And so often, like our ancestors, we rebel. We don't like it. We'd be like two-year-olds or teenagers. And it takes a while for us to realize the wisdom of this law of our Heavenly Father. But the Lord meets us where we are. He meets us in this spirit of vengeance, meets us trying to help us to be more just, and then pushes us to be merciful, to be like Him, to be perfect and holy. Frankly, it would be much easier just to go through the BLA in pew process again. But you already made your deal. So I think there are two sides to this radical nature of God's mercy. The, the first 
is how we see how our Lord intervened himself by becoming one of us and stops this cycle of vengeance, of vendetta, and of violence. But he does so from a position of strength. We see that the disciples don't go and seek vengeance after the crucifixion. They don't go hunt down Pontius Pilate, the Roman soldiers, the Pharisees. Our Lord himself, by forgiving those that did this, stops this cycle. I was thinking back to my old dirtbag days, how I was involved in in plenty of street fights and and, and bar fights, and I was almost always the younger, hot-headed one who was insecure, who would come out the strongest, the most aggressive, and have the least amount of self-control. Looking back on those days, it was often the person who was actually strongest, who was the most confident, who was the most capable, who was the most reserved and self-controlled. It was that guy who was operating from the position of strength. So when that young buck goes up and just starts wailing on this bigger guy who's just standing there and taking it, who has the real strength and power in that dynamic? And that's our Lord, who just absorbs all of our sins, the hatred of our world. And he does so from a position of strength. But the second side of this equation of of the radical nature of God's mercies, whatever power or strength we have, whether it's in our virtue or standing in the world, it's not meant to push others around. That, That whatever power we are given is given to protect those that have none. It's for the weak and the defenseless. This is so much of what our BLA actually does, combining our individual power and multiplying it so that we can empower those that need help. This is a patient father. God is moving us from where we are to where we need to be because it is so natural to hate those that hate us, to fight back, to try to get vengeance in whatever way we can. But our Lord calls us to a supernatural reaction. And this commandment was given so that his grace might be sought, to move from that default into justice onto mercy. We cannot do this on our own, which is why we're here at Mass, which is why we go to confession, which is why we pray the Our Father several times a day, another great conditional clause, forgive us as we forgive others. We need grace to do this. We need to be tapped in to this supernatural divine life to have this supernatural reaction. I don't know about you, but it's kind of easy to love people who are way out there. The the enemies from afar. Whether or not it's like the Taliban or China or Russia. Enemies of the church. People in the FBI who are targeting Catholics for some bizarre reason. And I can pray for them. Hopefully I'll never meet them. The enemies way out there. But it's much more difficult to pray for those who have hurt me personally and intimately. It might be parents, it might be your spouse, it might be close friends. Reminded of a powerful line of Mother Teresa. She said, you know, it's easy to love people far away. It is not always easy to love those close to us. It is easier to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger than it is to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved in our own home. She says, bring love into your home, for this is where our love for each other must start. It's very challenging. I'm sure we can all relate to that. But love begins at home, and it spreads out from there. It goes into our parish. It also goes through our diocese, onto the whole world. Catholics are unique for trying to balance two things that most people try to pit together. The false choice. 
So we have subsidiarity, it begins at home, the most local level, but then we also have solidarity, a caring for those on the other side of the world that will never meet this side of heaven. So we could do both. We have an opportunity today to give to that second collection. I think it'll be the most effective way to help those impacted by the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, to be in solidarity with those who are suffering on the other side of the world. And 208 of us have already given to the BLA to do this at a diocesan level. About 30 of you have pledged by show of hands that you will do that as soon as possible. The church makes it very easy. We should be quick to do so. We should be proud to support such efforts. I think just like mercy and forgiveness, you know, the, the two times that it's been hardest for me to give and to, and to be generous, or to, the two times that it's been hardest for me to interact with money is in my own family when it hits close to home. It was uh, when I was a very uh, quick recovering dirtbag, so 19 years old, right on the flip end of, of the dark ages, as my mom calls it, and I was uh, trying to work my way through school, through college, and I made a mistake in, in calculus and, and wasn't able to pay my tuition uh, that particular semester. And I had very recently reconciled with my parents and I was way too embarrassed to ask them for help, that I made a mistake, that I wasn't able to cover my bills. I was just too ashamed. So I went to my grandfather and he was very quick and happy to help me. I remember that, that shame acutely, right, of, of not being uh, able to take care of myself and needing help. And then the flip side, many years later, a family member approached me and asked to help with an unexpected car repair. I was quick to help, but in the back of my mind, kind of knowing what was going on in their life, I, I knew that they weren't going to live up to their promise to pay me back. And I mean, to, to my own shame, I kind of can be resentful. I want justice. I want what was mine. You know, I only gave because I wanted to get that back in return. I wasn't seeking interest, but just what was mine. But our Lord is challenging us to go beyond that very natural reaction. And we do this certainly by being, having reminders of these challenging readings, the seventh Sunday in ordinal time. But I think even more profound than this, the big picture reminder that we are all destined for eternity. That we all be judged by the infinitely just and outrageously merciful Father. And in light of eternity, the money for that car repair will not matter at all. But the love or the resentment that I have towards my family will. So we will be judged by the amount of love and mercy that we put into our home, into our families, but also into our parish and our diocese. So our Lord will say to each one of us, whatever you did or didn't do for the least of my brethren, you did or didn't do to me. We're challenged this morning to actually love our enemies especially those closest to us, those that have hurt us. We're challenged to be perfect, as our Heavenly Father is perfect. I'm very glad you made the right deal for these readings and this reflection. I'm grateful for those who have promised to give to the BLA, so I could give this reflection today, because we are reminded that the law is given so that grace may be sought. We cannot do this on our own efforts. As our Lord becomes present to us in his word and in his sacrament, may we pray for the grace to be less full of ourselves and more filled with him whom we receive, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Praised be Jesus Christ, now and forever.